On today's podcast, we have another recording of Ryerson Match. And this week is a very special week because we have three Ryerson alumni, all in professional school. One in pharmacy school and two are in medical school in Canada. So please lean in and enjoy this very informative and inspiring podcast with Halia, Michelle, and Selena. Okay, so now we can begin. So yeah, Michelle, you can go first, then Halia, then Selena, it doesn't really matter. Hi, everyone. Sorry that I have a smirk on my face, but... The reason why I'm smiling is because I was in your position a couple years ago and me and Halia are actually best friends and we met at Ryerson University. So this is kind of like a full circle for us. Um, So a little bit of introductory. My name is Michelle Katsori. I'm studying at Waterloo University. I'm doing the Doctor of Pharmacy program. I'm currently a fourth year student. Um, This is my last term ever of being like a study period. And next month I go on rotations. So it definitely feels bittersweet that after all of these years of like studying and hard work, it's almost coming to an end. Um, And yeah, my next rotation is in, um, will be next month in a diabetes clinic. Perfect, thank you. And Halia? Um, So hi, my name is Halia. Um, I guess my last name, Nababian. (laughs) Um, So I'm a medical student at the University of Toronto and I'm in my third year. So third year in medicine is clerkship. So sorry, I just heard something weird, sorry. Um, So uh, it's been a really tough year for me um, with COVID and everything being thrown into clerkship. So um, I'm currently in my surgery rotation I'm getting absolutely no sleep, uh, but I'll go more into it later on if you have questions. Is it true, are the rumors true that med students get no sleep? Oh, 100%. After this, I'm gonna go to sleep because I have to wake up at 3.30, 4 a.m. Oh no, I'm so sorry. It's okay, it's okay. (laughs) Selena, do you wanna introduce yourself as well? Sure. Um, my name is Selena. I actually, I guess my association with Ryerson, I did my master's at Ryerson. Actually, I, I taught Julia and Stefania and I think some other people in this room right now. But um, yeah, I did my master's at Ryerson University. I graduated just in the summer um, and I am a first year medical student at the University of Calgary currently. And where did you go for undergrad? Yeah, um, I went to the University of Calgary for my undergraduate degree. So uh, I did my undergraduate degree in biochemistry. And then I ended up working for a year and then found a supervisor to do my master's. And he actually um, got appointed Dean of Science at Ryerson, which is why I ended up moving to Toronto. And he's the current Dean of Science now. So we can look out for him. What's his name? Do you like? Dr. David Cram. David Cram, yeah. Oh, okay, yes, that sounds familiar. Okay. Um, so, Selena, since you were just touching on your under, uh, where you went for your undergrad, what was your undergraduate experience like, and would you go back and do any of it differently? Sure, good question. Um, yeah, so my undergraduate experience, all in all, was very positive. Um, if I were to go back, I don't know if I would do a biochemistry degree. I think like. If I knew from the beginning I was wanting to do medicine, maybe I would have done something a little bit more like anatomy heavy. I'm finding right now in medicine that anatomy is where I really struggle (laughs) because I don't have that um, background. So um, if I could go back, maybe I would choose something like physiology or even kinesiology. But that shouldn't like, if any of you are not in like those streams, that doesn't mean you can't do medicine at all. It's just, everyone comes in with different backgrounds and you kind of have to supplement what you need. Um, I think University of Calgary for medical school is also a little bit unique because it's a three-year program instead of a four-year program. So it feels like it's going by insanely quickly. Um, But yeah. That's my, I don't know if I actually answered the question there. No, yeah, perfect. Um, Did you get to take like anatomy as like a professional course or an elective at all? While I was in undergrad? Sorry? Um, While I was in my undergrad, you mean? Yeah. 
That's a good question. I actually, I don't know if that was offered when I was in my undergrad, maybe. Um, I didn't know, so. Okay. Um, and Michelle, how was your undergrad experience like? Um, so I really enjoyed my undergraduate experience. So I did it at Ryerson and um, it was for biomedical sciences. Um, if I could go back, I would take anatomy as well. I'm not sure about the other faculties of pharmacy, but I know that in Waterloo, that's what I struggled with the most in my first year um, because it was very dense in anatomy those first two semesters. And I had zero background in anatomy. So that was something that I really struggled with. And that's why I found first year difficult, but every student has a different experience. Um, I, what I would have done differently, honestly, nothing. Like I'm a, I'm a firm believer that whatever you go through in life and whatever you try leads you to the destination that you are right now. So I wouldn't have changed a single thing. The only thing I would maybe change is stop worrying so much. Like when I was in your shoes, I would always stress, like, am I going to get into pharmacy school or, you know, what's, what's my life going to be in the next five to 10 years? And Honestly, when you start, um, when you get into that career path that you, that you will find yourself in, you're going to realize that all your stresses and worries, um, you know, led you to where you are here today. So I would have just maybe relaxed a little bit more. Yeah, I think we all need to hear that a bit right now. So thank you for that. And Helia, how was your undergrad experience like? And would you change anything if you could? Um, so I also did my undergrad at Biomed at Ryerson. Um, number one, I echo everything that was just said. I, anatomy was really difficult for me in first and second year, especially in second year at U of T Med. There was a really heavy period of neuroanatomy and GI anatomy that I was really not ready for. So I felt like I had to study like twice as hard as people who did kinesiology or had an anatomy course prior to. Um, but I still survived and I took no anatomy in undergrad. So it's definitely survivable, but it's just easier for you. So you could focus on other stuff during those anatomy periods because it just comes so nicely to you. But it's just like the spatial awareness that you need. I never had any experience with, um, especially like we were in like, like cadaveric labs. Um, so that was really difficult. And I had the chance to take anatomy in undergrad and I didn't. So if you do have the chance, please do. I took physiology and advanced physiology, which I felt like really helped me. Um, so if you have that opportunity, do take it. I took it with Dr. Woodley um, and I think she's absolutely phenomenal. She wrote one of my reference letters for medicine. So like if you have a chance, she's very difficult, but you will learn so, so much. Um, absolutely a gem of a professor. Even to this day, I think she's one of the best ones I've had after so many in medicine. Um, if I were to do something differently, I, I wouldn't change my program, but I would take more medicine courses instead of taking like random like research-based courses because I don't think I'm even going to pursue research uh, when I become a staff. So I think instead of the research courses, I'd rather take more anatomies and physiologies if you have the opportunity to do that. And were you kind of always set on going to medical school or did you have other options? Oh yeah. Well? <laughs> yeah. I, I knew like since I was a child. So like I knew that Ryerson would just be the thing that would get me there. Unfortunately, like that's just the truth. Um, but that helped me because like I knew that I just I needed to always work hard and, and try to like find myself so that when I do interview, I'm confident in who I am and I could show them the best that I could be. And I think that's the most important thing, like finding yourself in undergrad. So when they do talk to you, you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are, and you can be honest with them and they'll really appreciate that. OK, thank you. Uh, I tried to look up if is it, her name Nancy Woodley. I don't think she's at Ryerson anymore. Oh no. Wait, Maurice, can you confirm? I don't know if Maurice is listening. Sorry, is Nancy Woodley, does she still work at Ryerson? I, I've heard the name. I've heard the name okay. of Dr. Woodley, but I'll, I'll take a look. Um, I'm also okay. looking, uh, I'm trying to find Dr. David Cram's lab, oh, lab okay. because he has a lab as well, but I'm trying to find, like, we're, so full disclosure, <laughs> we're going through a whole revamp of the Faculty of Science website. so. I'm getting a lot of like 404 errors, which is kind of like, we'll get it together. But okay. this is a great, fantastic story. I'll, I'll look up Dr. Woodley as well. Okay, Lois, thank you. Especially for med school, probably for pharmacy school as well, that you need lots of extracurriculars. It's not even like your grades just won't cut it anymore. So do you guys recommend any extracurriculars or what extracurriculars did you take in undergrad that you think helped you? 
So maybe Selena, if you want to go first. Sure. Yeah, I can, I can tell you what I did. Um, I think like something, I think Helia, maybe you can speak to this as well. I think when you're trying to get into med school, it seems like there's a systematic list of things that you have to do, like research and volunteering. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that that's the way it is. But um, some of the things that I did, I volunteered at a few different places. So I volunteered at a rehabilitation center for people who had suffered brain injuries. I did that for a little bit. And then throughout my entire undergrad and even past my undergrad, I volunteered at the Alberta Children's Hospital, as well as um, the Rotary Flames House, which is a, a hospice and respite center for children. So those were the volunteer experiences that um, I had. Uh, something that I didn't have in my undergrad that like if I could go back, I would try to do is like leadership experiences. I think it took me a long time to really get those experiences. And it was actually in my master's that I, I had those opportunities. But the earlier you can find those leadership um, experiences, the better for sure. And then I did do research. So in the, my summers, I would reach out to different professors who are doing research and ask to spend the summer in their labs. And I did a research project in my last year of my undergraduate degree, um, which all I think really helped when it came to applying to medical school. I just have a question. Um, like, were you planning on going to graduate school first or, or med medical school first? Like, were you set on one or the other and then you decided to go on to medical school or, or what was your plan? Yeah, really good question. I think my path to medical school is very long winded for sure. But um, it's because if I'm being honest, like it's because I was very shy to ask for help and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I know we said like grades are not everything, but they are very important. Like I'll be honest, I didn't do that well in my first like year and a bit of undergraduate. And I think that really had an effect. Um, so like do try to get the best grades that you can for sure because it will make your path easier. Um, I did grad school. Yeah, I was struggling to get into medical school and I, I did grad school, which I really enjoyed. I don't regret it at all. And I think the experiences I had like really helped with like my strategies now in medical school. Um, yeah, that, that was my path. It was a very long-winded path to medicine, but I, I think it was all very valuable. I don't regret any of it. Thank you. Um, and sorry, if you don't mind me asking, like, how did you get into that volunteering? Like, is it something that like you knew someone or you just like applied around something that it was something you were interested in? Like just out of curiosity. Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I knew I liked working with kids, which is what motivated me to apply at the children's hospital. Um, and the way I did it, I, I would just like reach out to the volunteer coordinators and like, it's, it's kind of discouraging. You might get emails back like, oh, we're full right now. But I was very persistent. I just kept emailing until so they were like, okay, we can make you. That's, that's what, I, what I did. So find volunteer coordinators, be persistent, and um, you'll find something. Thank you. And Michelle, any extracurriculars? Yeah, so I would say with pharmacy, at, at least, um, so every person's path is very different. And there's people in my class that, just like Selena said, they have taken different routes before uh, starting pharmacy school. So I'm just going to talk on what I did. Um, and Waterloo has different admission criteria. So keep that in mind that when you do apply to pharmacy schools, that you look at the different schools because they do have different admission criteria. I know that Waterloo in particular focuses on really a holistic um, pharmacist. So they want to see that it's not just about your marks, it's about everything. And if you do go to their admissions website, you can see all the requirements that they had. In terms of myself, I knew that I wanted pharmacy from a very young age, like probably 16, what, 17, 18, I was volunteering at a pharmacy. And then I started working part-time as a pharmacy assistant. Um, and I did that for all of my undergrad. I was fortunate that I worked in different practice settings as an assistant. So I worked for Women's College Hospital. There was like a Rexall over there, um, also at Mount Sinai Hospital. And I worked with some really incredible pharmacists that uh, really advocate for the profession. And I think that my biggest advice is in undergrad, there are 
so many paths that you can go through. So you can go through pharmacy, dentistry, medicine. I think the best way to know what you want, because all of these professions work with one another, but they're also all very different. So I think the best way is to try to, even if you can't work as an assistant, let's just say, try to volunteer a couple of days a week, see what it's like the role of a pharmacist, the pros and the cons, right? Because every profession has its pros and cons. And then outweigh that with medicine, nursing, uh, dentistry, and other research, for example. Um, in undergrad, I also volunteered at the Sick Children's Hospital. That's what I knew. I could not become a hospital pharmacist or a doctor in particular because I didn't have the heart to see those kids um, sick. And that's why I love the community because I'm managing patients when they have left the hospital and I'm managing them chronically. So I'll know patients on like a first name basis. So that was the part that really intrigued me. Um, but that's how I knew that that wasn't for me, right? I also did research uh, with Dr. Foster. I think I, re I did research in her lab. I was a volunteer for about two years. She's phenomenal. She is a very strong uh, researcher, very strong professor, very good advocate in research and uh, just like a really good mentor. So seeing, you know, a strong um, woman in STEM really also motivated me to pursue a career in pharmacy. So I would say I did also other volunteer stuff, but I would say that those were my primary, um, that's what really shaped me into determining that I wanted pharmacy. And I love how like all of you guys went to Ryerson. So we know specifically like which professors you like did research with, which really helps like everyone know like what's good. So that's great. And Talia. Um, so I think off the bat, please do something you could talk about. Um, don't do something to check it off because in the interview, if you don't put your heart in it and you're just talking about putting like pipettes on and pipetting samples into tubes and that's all you can say then do not do it because you're wasting your time. I found myself um, not talking about any of the things that I did for a check mark on my interview. Um, I was like I did a lot of skating when I was young and I had to give it up um, in high school and I spoke about that a lot and how hard it was for me to like give that up and choose medicine and choose school because I cannot do practices in the morning and miss school. And I talked about that so much. Um, besides the point, you still need to check things off, but make sure in the midst of it, you're doing things that you could speak to with all of your heart and soul because they will feel that in the interview. I, um, I did research with Dr. Patello. So I was like a super keener, sat at the front of the class, asked so many questions. So he, know who, he knew who I was. And then I went and asked questions on his office hours. I would never do that right now. That's too much, um, but I did that. And then after like, at the end of the semester, I was like, hey, I really love what you do. I, I didn't really love what he did. I wasn't super passionate about it, but you know, you just have to say it. Um, and, and, I, and I got a volunteer job in the lab. I tried my hardest. And at the end I applied to be his research assistant and I was re his research assistant for a year and a half straight which I didn't get a publication out of it, unfortunately, but I still made it to med school without a publication um, because I had so many, I did such a longitudinal experience that I had so many like bits and pieces that I could work off of like moments of failure. I really remembered those and I pointed them out in the interview and how I grew from them. Um, one of the interviewers actually asked me why I didn't get a publication. And, and I was honest, I said, I didn't advocate for myself as a research assistant because I was really low on the totem pole and I didn't do research to get a publication. I genuinely did it to learn. Um, so you might get like questions like that and you just have to be honest. Um, the most memorable thing I did was I actually did, uh, I was uh, hired as an international student support mentor. Um, which was such an incredible experience. It was completely out of science, um, but I learned so much to be a leader and an advocate for people that felt like they didn't belong at Ryerson because they, it was their second language, English was their second language, they had no one here to support them and they would come and see me. Um, when I was a fourth year, I did it. Um, I didn't even do it. I didn't even put it on my application. I did it during my application period and I had so much to say about it because I sat with these students, um, first year students and I, and I helped them so much and I learned from them. Um, it made me so, uh, I felt so humbled by their experience because I was so privileged for being so comfortable through Ryerson, not even thinking about the struggles that they even had to go through. Um, I did volunteering. I joined student groups. 
I didn't talk about them in my interview because I honestly didn't learn much from them. But that's just me being completely honest with you. You have to check stuff off, like do research. But I don't know, maybe try to do research in something that you like kind of find interesting. And even if you don't find it interesting, do it longitudinally and you will gain something out of it. If you do it for two months and then you switch to another professor two months later, you're not going to get any experience because it's going to take so long for you to feel like you could make an impact in the lab um, anyways. So check those things off, like join initiatives, but create an, a narrative. Like if you really love social determinants of health, join those initiatives only. And if you could speak from the heart, that will make so much more of a difference than I was in a lab for four months. So I think that's my biggest point. And I, there's some initiatives that I've continued to be involved with in med school, but it's only the ones I had a heart for. And when I apply to residency, I'm gonna talk about that. So please just like figure out what you love and understand who you are and let that shine through what you have on your application. And I think that's like the best advice I could give you. Thank you. And I think it's, I like how you pointed out that it's not like only about grades, but becoming like a well-rounded individual through like what you love. Um, so the next question is going to be interesting because I know you said that you haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately. So what do you like most about your schooling and what do you like least about your schooling? Um, so honestly, it's been a complete dream. Like this is what I wanted. So whenever I go through really bad days, I think you asked for this, Halia. So suck it up and get through it. Um, I, I love that it's such a huge class. My program is around 270 people. So I you there's always gonna be personalities that you don't get along with, but you will find people that will speak to you and you will get through it with them. Our program is very difficult. Like I'm not gonna like go around that. Um, uh, like the content was really heavy. Uh, but the one good thing about UFD was we had tests every two, three weeks in pre-clerkship. So our entire lives weren't set on one exam and one mark. Um, they actually averaged out like seven exams per unit. So even if you didn't do the best in one, um, you ended up still like not having too much burden on your shoulders because you just worked hard for the next ones. And because of that, like, like very, um, what's that word? Sorry, my brain's really dead. Um, like you do tests a lot. Uh, you actually had more time to do other things because everything wasn't set on one exam and one mark. So that's one good thing about UFT that I really like. Some people might not like that. Some people might like doing a final exam that's worth like 100%. I, I physically, that wouldn't work well with me. Second thing great about UFT, like it, there's so many hospitals here and in clerkship, uh, when we might not be able to do away electives in fourth year, we have six hospitals to do electives at and so many subspecialties that we could gain experience with. So that's something I really love about UFD. And despite it being super difficult, like I'm okay with it. Um, other than that, like our anatomy is great. Our professors have been great. Lots of opportunity for shadowing and figuring out where you want to go after medicine and what residency you want to pursue. And so much extracurriculars you could get involved with. Um, I got involved with a research project where we went and interviewed homeless individuals on how they feel like they struggled with the healthcare system. And we were, we're going to publish that um, on how we could do better. And then I did, I volunteered in a clinic called Imagine Clinic. I don't know if um, as an non-professional student, you could volunteer there, but that maybe when you get into medical school or pharmacy school, you can, but an interdisciplinary group work together to like help people that don't have insurance or OHIP. So it's like, there's so much opportunity out there to get involved. Um, and I think it's still important to do things as, as a med student or a pharmacy student or whichever professional school you want to go to, because like, those are the things that keep you sane. You can't just sit in a room and study all day. I don't know yeah. if I answered the question. No, yeah, you I did. I did. I was say okay. that to like get your head out of the book sometimes before mm -hmm. crazy. So it's good to just, yeah, get out of your room or wherever you are studying. Um, Michelle, what do you like most about your schooling and least? So I, I believe similar to Halia that professional school is hard. Like whatever professional school you're going to be in, in general school is hard and it's a commitment. Uh, but especially professional school, I feel like an undergrad by my third and fourth year, I knew how to study. And then I started professional school and you almost have to like think a different way. 
because they're training you to think like a healthcare professional. So doctors are the diagnosis experts. Pharmacists are the drug experts. So same with us. Like our entire program is focused on like learning about the drugs heavily. And so, and just like Kalia said, like we do as well at Waterloo, we have exams every two weeks for our main course, which is considered, we call it IPFC, but it's our therapeutic courses where let's just say we learn about cardiology. So we have exams every two weeks. It feels a lot sometimes because you get a lot like cardiology was one month because it was so much material. But if it's something a little bit smaller, you'll have it every two weeks. Um, and sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is hard because you have a lot of liability. So when you're out there in practice and when you graduate, when you're in healthcare you can't afford to make a mistake. So you need to train yourself in a way where you have to think that, okay, this is a patient's life in front of my hands. So if you're the pharmacist in that, I mean, I'm not a, I haven't done hospital yet just because it hasn't been my interest, but even in a community setting, when you're, when you have 200, 300 scripts a day and you're checking all these pediatric compounds that come straight from sick kids or CHEO, you need to make sure that you're checking the dose correctly or need to make sure that you're checking the, you know, the prescription correctly. You need to make sure that the indication is correct. So all of that stuff, they train you for it, right? So it is um, hard. It's not easy, but. Uh, the challenging part was in first year at Waterloo, you have 12 months of consecutive schooling. I believe we had two to three weeks off. I'm not sure, but it, it was hard because it was a, almost a full year of full school with no breaks. However, the positives are so many. So first is the professors that we have, like some of the professors that I've had in pharmacy school are just so inspiring. Like they're all clinicians in, you know, certain avenues. Like one of my professors, for example, um, he works at an anticoagulant clinic and there's just so much that you can learn from them. And they're just so inspiring that even when those lectures are tough, when you see those types of professionals, they just like inspire you to study hard because you want to become like them. The second thing is co-op. Not every pharmacy school offers this. Waterloo does. Co-op has been so important. I feel that I have developed from a student to now almost a pharmacist being in my fourth year and I still have rotations. So co-op enabled me to really um, really go out there and network. And I can't even, I know that you guys are now an undergrad and it seems like, okay, like I'm networking with so many different professionals. I think that is so key because you never know who you're gonna come in, into contact with in the future. And I'll tell you one thing, healthcare is a very small industry. You will know so many people um, and you might come across them in five years from now. So network as much as you can and you'll also learn about the different professions. So that's what co-op gave me. It enabled me to really network with different pharmacists in different niches. Um, and then the friendships, I didn't live at home because I went to Waterloo, so I lived on campus. So those friends that, it, it does seem like, okay, I'm gonna, it's a lot of money, right? Because you're gonna be living on campus, you have to do, you have to buy your own groceries and all that stuff. But I'll be honest with you, it's been the most incredible experience because some of those friends that I have met in pharmacy school, I know that they will be my lifelong friends. And you really, they almost become like family. So I would say those are some of the positives. There's so many more, but right now those are like the first ones that I could just automatically think about. Thank you. And Selena, your last, what do you like most about schooling and least about your schooling? Yeah, I think so many great things have already been said and I would like to echo a lot of it. I think for me, like knowing I wanted to do medicine, actually being in it is so such, a, it's a dream, as you said, Julia, like it feels like even though it is very, very difficult, like it, it's like humbling to be in it almost. It's humbling to have to go through the process and realize that, you know, you're going through a process that you've been working so long to get to. So I'm enjoying it in that aspect. I think my experience is like a little bit different from Halia and Michelle because I'm starting medical school during COVID. So it feels like the social aspect of medical school has really not been there. Like I, I see my classmates on Zoom. We do do some things in person. Like we, we have to go in and do physical exam and um, like history taking and communications in person, but we're in little cohorts. So you get, I've gotten to know my little cohort really well, but in terms of the entire class, it, it hasn't really been possible, which of course, like with the circumstances, it is what it is. 
Um, so that's something maybe that's been challenging with starting medical school this year is I feel like the social aspect has been um, lacking a little bit. Uh, and yeah, I hear from the upper years, like the, the friends you make in medical school or professional school are, are going to be lifelong. So it, it does suck a little bit, but it is what it is. And all in all, like the fact that I'm in medical school and I knew I wanted to do it for so long is I love it. I'm loving it. And yeah, I'll echo it's difficult. Um, I think the three-year program makes it really difficult because you, same thing, we don't really get a break. I think like so far I've had a winter break and then we get a week in March and a week in July and that's it. And then clerkship would start like next year in January. So it feels crazy. She You're frozen? Is it just me? Yeah. I thought it was my yeah. Wi-Fi. Me too. <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. Maybe That's someone messaged her to rejoin. Maybe. Uh, okay. Let's I'll just give it a second. Oh, she's back. She's back. She's back. Oh, she's back. Oh, she's back. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> froze. I'm sorry. It's okay. okay. Um, what were you saying? For three years, it's difficult. Like it's hard in three years. You don't get a break, and yeah, um, I'm missing something. But off was saying uh, when you. I think now that I'm I'm doing what I wanted to do, it, it all feels positive. So, okay. am I good? Are you good? Like, is that yeah? Did you get everything? <laughs> okay, okay, and. Um, just out of curiosity, like how is school different in Calgary than at Ryerson? I know it's like completely different. It's med medical school compared to your master's, but overall, is it a lot different? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a tough question because like I feel like graduate school is a very different experience altogether from like undergraduate um, school. And medical school definitely feels more like the style of undergraduate where you're taking courses and you know, your tests are very memorization heavy versus grad school. I was, I was in a research master. So it was, I made my own schedule. I planned my own experiments. It was a very different, um, different experience. And I almost struggled starting medical school because of that. Cause I wasn't used to studying like in your master's, you just do research and you, you present your work, right? Like I never really had to study very much or memorize concepts. So I almost struggled having to go back to memorizing things. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to make the comparison, Julia, just because they are so different. Yeah. In no, terms of schools, like I really loved Ryerson. I really enjoyed it. And University of Calgary is also a great school. It's where I did my undergrad. So it feels homey to me. Okay, and um, so now next question. You guys all seem very busy. So how do you find time to balance your school and just like regular life? Like no extracurriculars, just like personal time or your social life. Uh, so Halia, if you want to go first. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so in first and second year, oh, the balance was incredible. I felt I was, um, so I'm living in Toronto and my parents are in Richmond Hill. So it's not that bad. It's like a 30 minute drive. So I would go home every weekend. I would be fed by my parents and it would be great. I would see my brother and sister. And I felt like I was still a part of like, they're growing up because they're eight years younger than me. Um, and now in clerkship, I have absolutely no time. Um, I complain to my mom all the time. Um, I realized I just had to give up on so many things. Um, COVID makes it a little bit easier because you don't get FOMO because nobody's out. Um, but I've not seen any of my friends. The only people I've seen are, is my roommate and like the people I see in the hospital. And like my friends, I've like Michelle, I haven't seen in God knows how long. And one of my other good friends I haven't seen in a year. You just have to like prioritize and like number one, like my partner, I prioritize to see at least once a week and then my family, it's now once a month. So obviously they're not going to be happy with who came first, but um, I just don't have time because like 
especially right now, this half of my, there's two halves of clerkship. My half was like internal medicine, emerge and surgery first. And those are so demanding. My surgery hours are absolutely insane. I come home and I sleep one hour later. Um, so you just, you just can't, but I felt like in the beginning of med school, when you have the time, please take it to be with the people you love because you will get busier every year. And when you go to residency, it's gonna be even worse. So don't make excuses right now. Please do things that make you happy. And even in Ryerson, I felt like I spent way too much time stressed and not spending time with those I care about. And I came into med school and I realized the stress never ends. It gets worse and worse. And every time you will come up with something to be stressed about. Either it's, oh, I'm not gonna get into residency. Once you get into residency, I'm not gonna get a, I'm not gonna get a staff position. Once you become a staff, you're gonna be like, well, that staff's better than me, I gotta do better. And if all of us have that kind of personality where we're really hard on ourselves, it's just this never ending cycle and it's not gonna help you. So just like, I know it's difficult, but like, if you get that one extra hour to call like your loved one, do it because you will not find extra time as you get more and more deep into this hole of professionalism and professional school. So I would say I don't have balance right now. I'm not super happy about it because I haven't worked out in maybe a year. I don't eat well. I eat at the hospital most of the time, but I made myself a steak before this, so that's great. Um, but you just like, you take those small wins. If I made myself good food today, great. Even though I had two meals in the hospital already, I'm so proud of myself for making myself food. I called my mom and I, I Zoomed my partner. And that was good for me to feel like I'm still connected to those around me and I'm not in this little hole of medicine. Um, so that would be, I'm being just brutally honest because nobody was like that for me when I was at Ryerson. And I'm not, I, I think if you love it, please come and join us in this like field of incredible healthcare professionals, but also know that like every stage is harder. So please be kind to yourself. Now you're making me nervous because like I already feel myself like canceling on people because I'm studying for the MCAT. So that's my thing now. It's like, yeah, I have to study for the MCAT. I have like courses to do. Like, I'm not going to see anyone. Like, this is what I want. But now you're just saying it gets worse. So I think like- Okay, focus on yeah. your MCAT. I think that's <laughs> yeah. important. But then yeah. be like, okay, I had a good eight hour study day. I'm going to spend two hours with my family now. I think it's those small things. It doesn't need to be a whole day. It could even be 30 minutes that you just put your phone away and you just sit and like have- actual connection with someone. And I think like, even if it's small, it'll go a long way for those around you and they won't feel like you're giving up on them because that'll be something that will like hurt you a lot going forward. I feel like I'm always like uh, letting people down because I don't have time for them. So those small things matter. Honestly, yeah, I'm gonna keep that in mind. I always, like my family's always around, but I don't talk to them. Like we're always passing by each other in the kitchen, like hi, bye. So I know you have to make time for the people that you care about. Um, and I think Selena's next or Michelle, I'm not sure. Okay, Selena, you can go first. Yeah, I, um, you're scaring me, Helia. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> uh, I think for me, a big thing that I try to do in terms of balance is I've put it in my head that med school is one of these things where, and I'm not sure if it's like this at U of T, but at U of C, and I'm pretty sure most med schools, it's, it's pass fail. So you just have to pass. <laughs> and so what I do when I'm studying, like I obviously try to understand the material and I do my best, but at the end of the day, I know like I have to pass. And if that means I, you know, feel comfortable and then I take an hour to, you know, work out or take an hour to go hang out with my family, I'd rather do that than over prepare for a test because med school, you don't get like a transcript with your grades, you pass or you fail, right? So if you get like a 90 on an exam versus a 70, um, you pass either way. I don't know if this is the best thing for me to be <laughs> sharing, but um, yeah, it is a pass fail, pass fail system. So understanding when you feel comfortable that you're gonna pass and then using your time accordingly, right? That's, that's my, that's my take. Also with COVID, it feels like same thing. It, it doesn't really, you can't really go out or do anything, right? So you're kind of at home anyways, might as well study, right? So. 
Yeah, I think it's very important to just to take time for yourself too. Like you have to take time like for your family, for your friends, but also I feel like we forget just to be like alone, fully relaxed, even like not on our phones too and not like on social media, just just to like even like dwell on what happened during the day and like reflect. I think um, just to take like 30 minutes a day to do that, so important because we're just constantly go, go, go. Okay, let me check my phone. Let's call this person. Let's, let's go to work. Let's study. So yeah, 30 minutes of your day to just have like nothing and like in your bed, relax. I think it's very important. I also mm-hmm. think um, just last thing, I think that the again, like maybe Helia can speak to this a little bit more, but the culture in medicine and healthcare is changing a lot. Like it used to be that you would have, you'd be expected to like work these crazy call shifts. And I feel like the culture in medicine is changing. Like I had a conversation the other day with a doctor and I was like saying, you know, something that I value is work-life balance. And I think in the past, if you were to say that people would misconstrue that as you don't, you're not hardworking or you're not willing to be in these like competitive specialties and you're not going to fit well. And I think the culture is changing where it's okay to, to realize that work-life balance is important and to value that, um, which is great. And I'm, I'm really happy that the, the culture is shifting in that direction. So 100%, like it, it doesn't have to be, you're all about medicine and nothing else in your life matters, right? Like that's, it's not sustainable to, to have that mindset. Yeah, yeah and I'm gonna quickly echo that. Um, I would say it is it is like definitely changing, but there is a couple specialties where it's not. And those are like neurosurgery, cardiac surgery, um, sort of general surgery, where like it's not about like it, it's doable, but the balance is definitely harder. But I think in like other specialties, it's like self-care days are not laughed at. Um, and if you're not doing well, people are very kind and very understanding. But those specialties, I'm gonna be completely honest, no. Like the one thing I ride it off the first day of med school was neurosurgery. Cause I was like, it's beautiful, but I'm not gonna give my life up just for medicine, so. And I think like as science students, we're always like, go, go, go. So when we do take like, even if it's 10 minutes a day to just like chill out for a second, like you feel like unproductive. Like sometimes when I'm like not doing something, I'm like, what should I be doing right now? Like, am I forgetting to do something? Um, But yeah, it's definitely important to just like relax for even like as long as you can throughout the day. And um, Michelle, you're you're the last one for this question. So I would say I had a little bit of a different experience, but I also haven't started my rotations yet. So I don't know what that is like. Um, I also, there are, with pharmacy, it's a little bit interesting because there's different types of avenues that you can pursue. So you could do community pharmacy, which is what I'm currently interested in. Um, And that can lead you into a future where you work in the community and you can even potentially become an owner after a few years of experience or manager. So you can mix business and medicine together. Um, But then there's also hospital pharmacy to where you work in the hospital. And there are pharmacists sometimes in the infectious disease unit, for example. So I don't want to talk on behalf of that. Um, And then there's also pharmacists that work in industry. So one of my uh, best friends got accepted for a residency. So that means for uh, Apotex, Novartis. So those big pharma companies that you hear about. So I'm just going to talk about the community perspective because I don't know what those other ones are like. But if anyone is interested, you could please uh, email me and I could see if I could get you in contact with any one of my friends. In terms of pharmacy school, um, and the reason why I mentioned that is because it also relates to the profession itself. So my first two years of pharmacy school were very difficult for me personally because I had never lived on my own. My family had moved to Ottawa and I was by myself four hours away. So that was something that I had never experienced before. Um, I had never experienced that rigorous of a curriculum and I wasn't used to it. So like as a third year, fourth year, I'm used to that pace now. So like when I have so many, you know, slides to read, to me, I know how to manage it better. 
So it was very, very tough on me emotionally, I would say. Um, it was also, to be honest, budgeting, living by yourself. Like you need to budget rent, you need to budget food, you need to budget all that stuff. So that was an additive layer of stress that I hadn't experienced living with my parents in the past. Um, so to me, my first two years were very stressful. I used to love running. Like anyone that knows me knows how much I love running and working out. And that I used to do throughout my entire undergrad experience. When I started pharmacy school, I gained 30 pounds and it wasn't about the weight. I swear to God, it was just more about the fact that I didn't run in two years. And I think if I were to change things, I would have because there were classmates of mine who managed the stress better, but I just didn't know how to within those first two years. Waterloo is not like medicine where it's a uh, pass or fail. You do see a grade on your transcript. Obviously you need to pass. And as long as you pass, you continue within the curriculum, but seeing that grade, um, especially when you're in a class where everyone is so intelligent, um, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Cause like you can get a 70 and let's just say the class average sometimes is in the eighties, which is like not really what you see in undergrad, at least from my experience. So that would create so much additive pressure. But then as I went throughout the curriculum, I realized that none of that mattered. Um, and it's funny because I would ask my friends that are in upper years and everyone would just be like, it's okay, just enjoy it. Like as long as you pass, it doesn't matter. And I think I went into, within my second year or third year, I stopped caring about the grades. And for some reason, my grades went up much higher significantly. I started to enjoy pharmacy school way more. I started to enjoy learning and I stopped caring about the grades, but I started to learn thinking, okay, I need to know this so that when I go on co-op and my preceptor asks me a question, I know how to answer this. Or when I counsel a patient, I know what to say. So I started learning for me, but I would say my first two years were a little bit tougher. Okay, perfect. And you kind of touched upon this, but um, was pharmacy school what you imagined it to be? I used to see my pharmacist and I thought, oh, her job like seems okay. But I didn't realize that pharmacy, everything is up here in your mind. So like, it's not like a dentist where you physically see them like extracting something from your tooth. A pharmacist, all those interactions, all those doses, all the indication, everything is just happening up here. So like as an assistant, I would see my pharmacist and be like, okay, like it seems okay. It doesn't seem that bad. And now that sometimes like I'm under the supervision of, because, you know, within your third and fourth year, you're allowed to um, check prescriptions, but you're obviously your, um, your preceptor has to sign off of that too. So it's just like they, they double sign on your work basically. So now when I see things, I, I'm just like, okay, like all of this is going through my mind at the same time. Is the dose okay? Is the indication okay? Okay. Is this okay for this? And are there interactions? And what if a patient is on 20 meds and you see all these interactions and you feel overwhelmed? So I would say that part of it, I didn't know pharmacy school was like that, um, but you get used to thinking that way because by the time that you enter your fourth year, you've had so much training that when you see those things, all of a sudden, you know what you're looking for. Um, you know how to tackle that case. I know all of this sounds like medical jargon and it might not make sense, but by fourth year, you are trained to think like a healthcare professional. So I would say I didn't know that that was what pharmacy school was. I thought it was just memorize, regurgitate and go on. But in fact, it's not. It's all application. It's all patient cases. And I'm assuming medicine, all of them are the same. You really need to have the material in front of you and think, okay, how is this going to look like in a different patient or in different complex cases? So that was something that I had no idea that I was going into. Do you think it was a lot harder than what you imagined it to be? So I would say now, I, I don't want to talk good about myself, but I would say now I'm comfortable. Like I work with preceptors um, that have told me that, you know, they've seen uh, an improvement in my, in my performance from first year to fourth year right now, like they treat me as a colleague. So that's a big difference when, when you go from a student to almost like a colleague and they start to get your opinion on things. That's when you internally know that you are cl as close to being a pharmacist or as close to being a doctor. Um, so I would say it's definitely been a, a challenge, but I would say right now I'm very comfortable with it. And I like right now it's like, I'll, I'll see a case and I automatically know what, what is a red flag or what is an interaction? Like it's, you just, I don't know what happens, but your brain starts to be programmed in a way where you think like a healthcare professional. I don't know. I, I can't explain it, but you're almost trained to think a certain way, which was 
very different from under God, because again, we don't talk about patient cases. It's, it's, a, it's a different, even under God, it was hard in first year for me, but then by fourth year, I started to know how to study. Same thing with pharmacy school. First year was very difficult, but then by fourth year, I just started to, I don't know, I think your brain cells just wire a certain way. You just know what you're expecting. Also something at the pharmacy- I don't know if that answered the question or if I went on a tangent. No, 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 you did. Um, okay. Something at the pharmacy that I noticed, like most of the, not most of the issues, but a lot of the issues involve the insurance and money. And why did my insurance go through? What do I do? Can you call the insurance company? There's a, uh, you have two different um, prescriptions at two different pharmacies. So do they teach you any of this at pharmacy school about the insurance? So unfortunately, there's not a lot of time to teach everything. The focus is more on drugs and, you know, therapeutics. Unfortunately, no. And that is something that when I, well, a little bit here and there, but I think that's what really was something that I'm so grateful for Waterloo by having those co-ops because right now, actually, I'm working part-time where I did my third co-op. And that's the primary thing that I, I keep on telling my boss. I'm like, teach me insurance. And he's been so helpful. He, he teaches me how to, how to deal with different circumstances because you're right, it does come up. So besides the fact that you're dealing with the therapeutic part of pharmacy, what I mean by therapeutic is making sure the drug is correct, making sure that it's the, for the correct patient, making sure the dose is correct, making sure that it's for, um, that there's no interactions, making sure that there's no issues with the kidneys, liver, and all of that. And then you finish all that and then you go to your computer and then you see insurance issues. So I would say that was one of the uh, biggest benefits of work of being at Waterloo because my co-ops gave me a little bit of exposure to that and then the rest you learn on the job and I'll tell you one thing that if you do think of ownership in the future that is something that you do need to know so it as part of being a pharmacy owner I mean I'm not an owner but I've seen them and it, it's more than just um the it's more than just the therapeutic side of it it's also the insurance it's also managing a team all the business it, it's a business of its own basically Okay, thank you. And Selena, is med school what you imagine it to be? Yeah, good, good, good question. I think again, I, I'm in the very early, early stages of medical school. And with COVID, it has changed maybe what I had imagined medical school to be like. But um, if we were to take away that aspect, I think what is different about medical school that I didn't realize is, as Michelle said, how application kind of focused it is. Um, I think in undergrad, for example, you, you learn material and you do an exam and you call it a day, but in medical school, you do a lot of casework. So you get together in groups and you go through different cases and you try to problem solve and go through all the steps of, you know, um, taking a history, diagnosing a patient based on that history and the investigations and what treatment are you going to go through? And for me that I like, it seems straightforward, like duh, it's medical school. Of course you have to go through that process, but um, actually being in it and doing that is really, really fun and something that I enjoy. Um, what else? Other than that, yeah, medical school is definitely different online, but it's I'm enjoying it. And it's nice to be in the comfort of your own home when you're doing classes. That's definitely nice. Thank you. And Halia? Um, I think like in the beginning, it probably wasn't like what I imagined because you think you're going to get straight into clinical um, experience. And I think for like Michelle, she got a lot of co-op throughout, which really helped. Um, and, it, and it helps you keep motivated because you see patients and you're like, this is why I'm here. Whereas I felt like in medicine, it was kind of limited. We might see a couple patients every Friday when we're doing clinical skills. And you only have to go out of your way to shadow to really get experience. But right now, like when I'm in clerkship, I, I feel like I'm ever so closer to being like a doctor, which I'm not because technically you're a doctor after residency because you won't know anything in residency either. But um, you feel like you're in it and it makes things easier because you're like, this is what I've always wanted. I didn't ask to sit there and study in a room and study for the rest of my life, right? But what I'm in right now where I'm seeing patients on my own, where I'm closing up a wound at the end of a surgery on my own, that's what I wanted. Um, so if you feel like you're 
losing motivation in the beginning because of like more study years, like hold on because you will get to the years where you'll have like a little bit of responsibility and you will absolutely fall in love. Um, so I definitely felt like, especially near the end of my second year, because all of it was online, um, I was fortunate to have a little bit in person, but most of my second year was online because of COVID. I was just losing motivation as I, as like the months went on. Um, so I'm lucky that I was pulled back in um, for clerkship and it's in person. Um, I think Selena, you will probably have in-person clerkship too, because like, I think the curriculum and like the people, like the professors are ready for it now because we've been in it for a year. Um, so I, I think it, it's what I imagine to be now. And in the beginning, probably not because you're just doing the same thing you're studying, which you should do because you probably don't know any of the knowledge yet, but it's later on. And I feel like in residency, we'll definitely feel like, wow, we're actually doctors and we're actually making a change in the patient's life. Even right now, I do very little because I'm a med student, but like I sit with patients sometimes and spend more time with them than the doctor ever does. And at the end, they know me and not the doctor and they thank me even though I did nothing for them and just listened. And stuff like that keep you going, even though you're not making the actual last call and you're not, you're not like doing the actual surgery, you do matter. So I think stuff like that is what I expect in medical school to be and what has been a dream for me, a dream come true. Thank you. So we have some questions in the chat. I'll start with the first one from before. Um, it's regarding how you guys manage to pay your tuition because we know it's expensive. So if any one of you want to just touch on that really quickly. Really quickly. So um, like like if I'm being completely honest, like I have like a brother and sister as well. So my parents have to support them and they're almost at university. So I knew going into med school that I would need to get a line of credit. So uh, for med school, at least you get a really hefty line of credit. Do not use all of it. That's so scary. But the government and like the bank, like knows that you're going to pay it back. They have like faith in you so that is one thing that will like help some of the expenses you get osap still um even though before i think uh a lot of it was grant and now ford has changed things some things around so a lot of it is loan uh, but don't panic there's also like every year we apply for grants and you could get thousands of dollars for free if you just show them that listen i'm in a lot of financial struggles right now and it comes in the way of my studying sometimes they will understand and they give a hefty amount of money per year that will like take some of the burden away and then there's bursaries and a lots and lots of scholarships you could apply for so don't like don't panic it's going to be a little bit hard as you see like the debt, debt going up because you've done an undergrad or maybe a master's and it just keeps adding but you'll be okay at the end just don't be reckless and go get like designer stuff because it's not your money you have to pay it back but it's like if you if you want to get a starbucks coffee for yourself because you're having a bad day you're allowed to do that so i think you'll be okay because there's a lot of help from the government and from the school and from the bank and just don't be reckless okay hi oh sorry no, i agree with I agree with Halia. Um, everything that she said, same. But like, Michelle's is... better with money. <laughs> so just a FYI. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree with Halia. Everything that she mentioned. Um, one thing is that when, let's just say you do get accepted into pharmacy school, um, just contact the school and they can give you all of the resources that are available. Um, additionally, I would say it is a hefty expense, uh, but it's for your life. It's like, I, I think of it as, it's something that you will always have with you. Like no one can take it away from you. It's better than any designer item as Halia said. And it's something that, you know, will, it, I don't know. I just feel like it's the biggest and best investment that you can make for yourself. Um, and it's never something that I've looked back and questioned, never. Like it's really the biggest, like your education in general, not just pharmacy school, but your education in general is the biggest investment that you can make in yourself. And, you know, I feel like now is the time. It's like, there's like, personally, I don't have anything. Like I don't have kids yet. I don't have a family. So I feel like, and even then you could still pursue education. There's no age where you, there's no age that requires you to pursue an education, but especially now it's like, do as much as you can because you have the time. So that's my input on it. 
both, yeah, I'll, I'll echo what like you both said. Um, going into medical school, we had a lot of support in terms of how to like figure out those funding, those funds. Like there are many people that work at the medical school whose job is to help you figure out where you're going to be able to access money. And we had many like banks come at the on the first day with like all the different line of credit options. That's what I did. I pulled a line of credit. There's lots of very generous line of credit options that get offered to medical students. Um, yeah, so something that I'll say is I feel like the medical schools and I'm sure pharmacy schools and other healthcare kind of specialties realize you are gonna be going into um, a lot, into debt and they, they try to help you as best they can with that. So you're not alone in that endeavor. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because I know a lot of people, we're not taught any of this, and some people have no guidance with finances, especially in school. There's no course to take. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I think we have a lot of like general questions before we get into the breakout room. So if anyone wants to like raise your hand and just speak on the mic and ask like, a general question, feel free to do that. Yeah, we'll do breakout rooms really soon. Yeah, because I think there's lots and lots of questions. I even have some questions myself. <laughs> um, so does anyone have any questions they want to share? Um, Artie, uh, do, you, do, you want, do you have a question? Yeah, um, for pharmacy school, what were the qualifications that you needed or like prerequisites that you needed um, to get in? So I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't, it's been four years. So I don't remember all the details. I also know that they've updated some stuff. So what I would do is if you go online and you just go under prerequisites pharmacy school, they have everything in detail over there because I don't know the updated one. So I don't want to give you incorrect information, but if you go on their website, it's very detailed. They have all the courses that you need. And personally, um, if there was anything that I was unsure of, you can just email them and they respond very quickly and they were a big help, but I, I don't, I don't remember right now all the details. So. All right. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, is there any last question before I open the breakout rooms? Artie, do you have another question or was that an accident? Sorry, that was an accident. Okay. Okay, so I'll open the breakout rooms. You should get um, the little message at the bottom that all the breakout rooms have opened. So if the panelists just go to your assigned breakout room. Do you yeah. see at the bottom on the right? Okay, yeah, so just click on it and you can go. I don't know why I can't see anything. Okay, I can assign. Okay, sometimes, yeah. I think you need the newest. Uh oh, room, that's why. Um, I don't know how to enter okay. it into this. Okay, I'll, I'll put Michelle in. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, I technically challenge the both of us. <laughs> sorry, I'm Always. Sure. I, I got good with teams, but now I'm not actually sure about this one. Okay, Michelle assigned to Michelle. And then Halia, are you going to do Halia? I'm just going to end the recording. We're here. So if anyone's listening this after. Halia, you should have gotten a message now. Okay. Okay, there, perfect. Can you put